Good morning again. This this um, week, I was just coming, um, just waiting before the Lord, just saying, "What must I share?" And um, I just kept on getting that I need to continue with preparing for the Lord's coming. And so I'm just going to be obedient just to that. Um, you know, when, I, when you think about it, when, when you're getting ready for an exam, you have to prepare, right? When you're getting married, you have to prepare. And when you're um, getting ready for a big party like this, you have to prepare. And how much more when it comes to preparing for our Lord Jesus Christ? You see, this life that we're living here is a dress rehearsal. This is not the real deal. All the things that we do here is going to, we're going to be rewarded for the things that we say and we do. And so it's really critical vital that we take it seriously and we do our best to look at the mirror of the word to allow it to change our lives and we have to look at our hearts with the help of the Holy Spirit because we can't do this without him we need the help of the Holy Spirit to illuminate his word to us and reveal the condition of our hearts. The Bible says that no man really knows the condition of our hearts. Paraphrase. Our hearts, we cannot trust. Our hearts, we cannot even live day by day and say, yeah, I know this is going to happen. And so because of that, we need the help of the Holy Spirit daily, every hour, every second. We need his help. And so as we look at this, and maybe if the Lord permits that I'll finish it. But I want to read these verses of Scripture as we seek to prepare for his coming. Because Jesus is coming back. The signs are clear. The signs are clear. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 to 27 says this. It says, enter into the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many that goes by it. It's so easy to just go with the flow. When I was in London, on the, got on the tube. In fact, not even, not, forget that. When we went to Westfield the other day, it's like a rush. Everybody was moving this way, and I wanted to go that way. It was difficult. It was just, it's like I was going against the tide. But when it comes to 
the ways of God. He, he wants us to go in the narrow way. And that way, sometimes trying to get down that way is, is, is difficult. It's a challenge. Because we're challenged with areas of our heart, areas of our character, things that the Spirit of God challenges us constantly. The Bible then goes on to say, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. It goes on to say, beware of false prophets who come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, and bad trees bad fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. And every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. We want the fruits of the Spirit that God wants to develop in our lives. And we know at times, as we're saying, oh Lord, we want to, we want to be more like you. We want, to be, we want to reflect your image. And sometimes when we're going through that part of being squeezed, the fruits of the Spirit are being developed. The character is being developed. The patience is being developed. Because we don't want to be cut down. We want to be like Christ. This is verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I'll declare to them, I'll never, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It's really scary when you read this. Every time I read this, it sends shivers down my spine. Because, mate, I don't want to be at that, I don't be at that, that where the Lord says, depart from me. I, I don't want that. And I know that's not, you don't want that either. But my point is, so because of that, each of us have to get a magnifying, the magnifying glass of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, show me where I need to change. And I say change because, you know what, I'll be honest, you see, us, us humans, we, we don't like to change at times, you know. We love to hold on to the traditions and the things that, we're used to, the things that we like, the things that makes it nice and easy. But then the Holy Spirit says, change. And then we don't want to. The danger in doing that is just like Judas. He didn't want to change. And if we don't yield to the Holy Spirit, it will take us off a course where we don't want to go. So the best thing to do is say, Lord, I don't really want to change, but I want 
your help to change. Because I like doing this. I enjoy it. I enjoy this pleasurable sin thing. You have to be frank with him. So then he can help you. Then he can assist you. And I'm just really recapping because I've got, see if we can get to the other parts that I didn't get to speak on about preparing for the Lord's coming. So the first thing that we said was for us to really get to know or to prepare for the Lord's coming is that we need to grow in intimacy with him. Grow to know him. Grow in knowledge with him. Understand him. Then we looked at different people in the Bible who had a relationship with God. Because you know what? Some people said that, how can you get to know the Lord? It's God. How on earth can you get to know God? But we can. Because there are examples in the Bible of people who encountered God time after time. One of the persons who encountered change was Moses. The Bible says how he was educated the Egyptian way. He, had, he was very articulate. He, could, he was so knowledgeable. But then he killed one of the Egyptians, and then he had to make a run for it into the wilderness. The Bible said he was there for 40 years. And then there was a... Um, a light, there was like a bush, and then God spoke to him, and he had an encounter that changed him, and he yielded to what God wanted to do, and to how he wanted to use him, and he was able to bring deliverance to the Israelites, but he had to yield, he had to change, he had to give his heart to say, Lord, I'm not very articulate, etc., etc. God helped him, got his brother to speak on his behalf. Even though he was, he was re God really broke him. Because when he was in the desert, God really broke him. And we need to be broken. All of us need to be broken. <laughs> Honestly, from, from, from the eldest to the youngest, we need to be putty in the master's hands. Because you know, when we're like that, that is how God can use us. I tell you, there's going to be a great move of the Spirit with the young people. I know there's going to be a, a tremendous move. And God is going to use them in such a tremendous way that we're, we're going to be astonished by the move of God. You see, God won't, he, God's no respect to a person's. What he's done for one, he will do for another. And how he used Samuel from a young age, he spoke to him. God is going to visit many of our young people in such a tremendous way that people will be astounded because of the power of God. Not because of man, but because of God. So we know that intimacy is crucial because the Bible says in the book of Daniel, they that do know their God 
shall be strong and do exploits. We want to do exploits for God. Not just the pastors, not just the apostles. Every one of us. God has placed his spirit in us to do signs and wonders. The Bible says, these signs shall follow, shall follow those who believe. In my name, you will cast out devils. You will lay your hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Because the Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we know we can have intimacy with him because he speaks to us. He communes with us. And he wants to tell us the path that we should go and the things that we should do and the lives that we should encounter to bring change to the lives of people. There are people, you know, there are people, every single one of us here have got an assignment. It's exciting. We've got an agenda that God has placed upon each of us. And we've got to follow it. We're not here just to, just to, to exist. We're here with an assignment. God has an assignment. There are people that we need to reach. There are people that only you can reach. I can't reach them. But we need to follow that mandate, what he's saying. God wants us to listen and to hear what the Spirit is saying. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to have that communion with us so that he can unfold and unveil the things that he needs you and I to do. We need God so much. You know, like the oxygen that we currently have in our lungs? We need him like that. We are in great need of him. We are desperate for him. That was the first thing that we mentioned. That we need intimacy with our maker. And the intimacy with our maker begins with salvation, as we know. Salvation opens the door. And let me say this. It's not, a, it's not as soon as you, 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 you give your heart to Christ, you just like, oh, you're, you're there. No, it's a journey. It's a journey that we embark upon. That God helps us and changes us as we give our hearts more and more and more to him. All areas of our hearts needs to be given to the maker. The other area that I mentioned was about guarding your heart, how we need to protect our hearts. There's so much pollution. When I say pollution, things that can taint, 
and pollute our minds. And the reason why it's so important that we need to guard our hearts, because when we don't guard our hearts, it's out of it are the issues of life. What goes in is what comes out. And how we feed our minds is what will affect our relationships, not only with God, but with one another. Because this is what it will actually filter through. Bitterness, jealousies, all these kind of things can come because we can feed our mind with things that can be filthy. This is why the scripture says this, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are holy, think on these things. Think upon it. As we think upon these things, as we meditate upon the word of the living God, it will come from our heart, our head, to our heart. Because when it comes to our heart, there's a transformation. There's a moving and a stirring of the spirit in us to change us. We also mentioned this. We said, walk pure. Everybody say, walk pure. Before the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, abstain from every form of evil. Abstain from every form of evil. There's lots of evil out there. There are things that can, once again, that can cause us to be polluted and tainted in our hearts. So as we stand before the Lord, as we come before him in his presence, the Lord can see all those, those things that we've been feeding our minds with. And so we have to be careful to stay away from evils. There's so much evil, false religion. philosophies, traditions of men. It's not just, not just sexual sin, you know. <laughs> it's all kinds. Pride, jealousies. Trusting in ourselves. That's a big one. I know I, I can put my hand up for that one. I've trusted myself so many times. And the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. It doesn't say to walk. It says, live by faith and not by sight. Don't rely upon your own understanding. Don't rely upon your senses. See, walking pure before the Lord is very crucial. It's a very important thing. Because it's speaking about holiness, separation. God is a jealous God. And he doesn't want anyone to share his glory. And he doesn't want to have us to have any involvement with sin or filth. Because the moment we do that, we, we are like associating ourselves with the enemy. 
the Bible says that without holiness, no man will see the Lord. And we know that holiness means to be set apart. Set apart from the world, set apart from sin, and set aside to God. So that means that our lives, how we live our lives, should be devoted in our thinking, in our conduct, in our manner. Everything is conducted. So as you're looking, as you're looking, I have to keep on going back to the social media because it's a big thing. Let me tell you, I, I, I said to my children, I don't even want TikTok on my phone. Man, I don't want TikTok on my phone because that thing's deadly. <laughs> I, I've, I've got Instagram and that's enough. I've got Facebook old school, I know, but that's enough. Because I can't, I can't take the TikTok. There's too much to expose ourselves to. Unless, I mean, look, don't, don't, this, that's just my conviction, right? You do what you feel, I'm doing what, as the Bible says, let every man work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. Because I don't know, this, 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 this world and the way how things are going, <laughs> man, you've got to do everything you can to safeguard yourself. I'm just going to um, get to the next part that I, we spoke on, which was this, which was in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 to 10. I'm deliberately going over these things because, you know, we're not, we're not in a rush. We are not in a rush to go to the part of, oh, we didn't do this. Because, you know, there's always something new that we can learn. And I remember Paul the Apostle said, I did not see it grievous to be repeating the same things over to you again. It's a good thing. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 to 10, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Another version reads this. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 and 10, in the New Living Translation, it says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Woof! My Lord of heaven. This is why I have to read another version. When you read another version, it really brings it out. It just shows you. You see how the heart is deceitful? Wow. It's scary, right? Wow. And desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? God. He knows. But I, the Lord, search all the hearts and examine Secret mo whoa, secret motives. There are secret motives why each of us do certain things. Wow. Whew, this is getting heavy for me. I'm, I'm reading, oh my Lord, heaven. 
I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. When I read these verses of Scripture, this is what I'm saying. It makes me feel that, listen, all of us, we're in desperate need of God, you know. Big time. Our hearts need constant examination. David said, have mercy on me, upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness and tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. David was another one. He understood what this heart thing was about, you know. This heart thing. This is why every moment I... I the, the, the moments I get, I try to just say, Lord, please help me. Especially if I'm like, oh boy, if I've irritated Mel or something like that. Because listen, those kind of things, I don't want my prayers to be hindered. <laughs> I don't want my prayers to be, I want, I want my prayers to hit heaven. And I want to make sure that I, I please the maker. Because at the end of the day, I want my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want him to say that. And it will mean, it might mean, mean me looking like a, a pie or whatever, or plum or whatever. Doesn't matter. Just as long as we're pleasing the maker. That's what matters. So we get the magnifying glass of the, of the Holy Spirit to examine the heart so that he can adjust and change those areas so that we can be more like him. I'm going to stop there, but I'm going to pray And I just want us to bow our heads. And I just want to pray for us here. Asking the Lord to help us in different areas. I've been talking today or recapping about preparing for the Lord's coming. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed the next hour. None of us are guaranteed this. And I want to ask if there's anybody who would like to recommit, rededicate their heart to the Lord. What does that mean? That means you've, you, 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 you've committed your heart to Christ already, but you know you've been living a life of sin before him. You've been living in a sinful way, and you're a Christian. And you want to recommit, you want to rededicate your heart, because you know that you're not right with God. 
but you want to get right with him now. I want to give you an opportunity just to put your hand up and I'll pray with you. Just raise your hand high so I can see. I see one. I see two. Don't look. Don't look. Keep your head down. This is between you and the Lord. Raise your hands. I know there's more here. I'm going to give you more time. You want to recommit. This is, this is not an embarrassment thing. This is for between you and your maker. Getting your walk right with the Lord. Just raise your hand before your maker and I'll pray. I see more. Father, you see these hands. You see these lives. You see these individuals. Spirit of God, I pray for a divine move of your spirit upon these ones. You see the cry of their heart. Lord, where they want to get their hearts right. Touch them right now. Just pray before the Lord. Ask him to forgive you to cleanse you from any, every sin, just ask him. Ask him right now and he will cleanse you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Move upon these ones. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Strengthen them, Lord, as they've sought to get their hearts right with you. I pray today, Father, that you will help them to continue to pursue you, to chase after you, and to live for you. I pray against every work of the enemy that will seek to try to take them off course and seek to try to make them live a life of sin. I pray against it and push the works of the enemy away by the name of Jesus. And I pray for the life of your spirit to help them. Holy Spirit, assist them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If we can just continue to keep your heads bowed, I want to pray again. I want to pray for one or two here. You feel depressed. You, you feel depressed. And this is not something that, again, to be ashamed about, but I want to pray for you. Please keep your heads bowed. This is a private thing between the Lord and them. But I need to keep my eyes open to see. I want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. Thank you. This... If you're here and you, you're depressed, God wants to minister to you so he can bring strength. Father, I pray by the power of your spirit, you will bring 
the lifting up of, the, of that depression of that person. Father, you see the others, Lord, who did not have the courage to do it, oh, Father. For those who didn't, those who didn't, oh, Father, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will touch them, help them. I break the power of the enemy. Father, I thank you that as they leave this place, they won't feel heavy anymore. And that the oppression and the depression of darkness will be lifted in the name of Jesus. And that the lightness of the Holy Spirit will come upon them to help them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And just finally, I want to give opportunity before, if we can continue to keep our heads bowed, our eyes closed, respectfully. Those who have not given their hearts to Christ and would like to give their hearts to Jesus. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried, and on the third day, he rose again. He died so that you and I can encounter a relationship with God so that we can have intimacy and fellowship with our God. And if you know that if you would walk out through this door and you know that you have not given, if you left this place, left this earth right now, and you did not give your heart to Christ, you know you would go to hell. You can have an opportunity right now to give your heart to Christ. If you knew that Jesus was coming right now, and you know, you know you're not ready, now's your time. Now's your opportunity. Just raise your hand where you are so I can pray with you. Okay, I see one hand. Just keep your eyes closed, everyone. Father, I just pray, Father, for this individual. I thank you for his life. Pray, Father, that as he's sought to give his heart to you. In fact, everybody pray this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for dying for my sins. I thank you for, um, for forgiving me. I receive your forgiveness. Come into my life. Save me. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. And I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. We just commit each person into your hands. And Father, as we've sought to just want to live for you. I pray that you will touch and minister to your people, that we will walk in a way that will be honoring before you at all times. Help us, O oh Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.